joined today by my friend Dan Lacey, who is in Portland, Oregon. Uh, we're expanding my town out a little bit beyond Hendersonville. Uh, I have some just I'm so excited about this interview and listening to Dan. He has a kingdom business um, that he's going to tell us about. But but Dan, first of all, we got to tell people how we know each other. Um, I think it was yeah. 1999 at Road America, was it not, for the uh, Neon Challenge weekend on ESPN2 that you leaned into the driver's side of my car and said, hi, I'm, I'm Chaplain Dan Lacey, and I wondered if uh, we could pray before the race started, and I said, absolutely. Yeah, you, uh, you guys tended to bring back more cars on the rollback than you did driving back through pit lane. Well, right. hang on, you guys. I, I wasn't one of those. But well, I, you know, at that point, you were just a neon on the track. True. I do remember the announcer said something like, here comes a gaggle of Dodge Neons. And there was something like uh, between the between the amateur group and the pro group, because that was the celebrity race that was also going on simultaneously. There was like 80 Neons on the on the four mile track. So it was pretty remarkable and, and a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, you guys did a great I, I did get teased a lot, though. People came to my house and said, hey, we heard you've got a race car. Well, you know, show it to us. And I opened the garage and they went, a neon? And I was like, yeah, you'd be surprised. I mean, you know, you can race anything. So, yeah. I so love Dodge. I love, I love Ford Pintos. I think you can do a lot with those things. Well, bathtub with wheels. Very that too, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I do... I do think people would be interested in knowing though, that it wasn't just that. I mean, we kind of hit it off. We ended up, we ended up being in the press booth together, calling races together uh, for those races that we didn't have the budget to run those fancy cars. Mm -hmm. um, and then a little bit later, you, you came up with an idea for road race ministries and we ended up doing that together and built a website and had meetings and, you know, you traveled all around. I think you were, you were on the road, what, like, almost 30 weekends out of the 52 20 to 25 but that's long enough those five-day weekends add up fast so. yeah so i uh i enjoy our our history it seems incredible to me that many years have gone by but uh we've remained in contact and the reason i wanted to have you on here and let hendersonville hear about what you're doing now is you you just kind of you just kind of kept taking steps up more and more and more that from getting out of the race cars yourself as a driver to being a chaplain for the series to running the website and the, and the, and the ministries type idea, not non-denominational really type worship services that were being held at the track uh, one in the morning and one in the afternoon, depending upon how people's schedules were in the paddock, which was very accommodating to, to all of us. Um, and you've moved that into something new, this Bob's Auto Cafe, which I'm hoping that our listeners today will hear about something you've had a passion for, how you're impacting people's lives and how they might possibly steal a page from what you're doing for whatever vocation they have. Or maybe you'll convince them that maybe they ought to have a Bob's Auto Cafe East. So uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah, so Bob's Auto Cafe in, in very simplistic terms is, uh, is an auto shop but it's designed to train technicians for tomorrow along with uh, providing um, services for cars like yours and mine. So you come in, you get your car fixed and, or if you want to donate a car to us, since we're a 501c3, you can donate the car to us. We have our interns work on it that we pay, paid internships. 
um, they turn that car and hopefully we're able to repurpose it for somebody else down the road that uh, can buy it. And at that point, <coughs> excuse me, at that point, the, uh, the repurposed car also serves as a uh, platform for resources for us as we, we make the money off that. So we're making money through service work, through donated cars. And then with those monies, we're paying obviously our staff and we're also uh, uh, providing benevolent service for those that can't afford as much. So we have third-party providers that bring vehicles to us or customers to us. And we evaluate whether we can uh, fix their car uh, reasonably and if it even makes sense. I mean, we're not going to throw $5,000 at a $500 car. That doesn't make sense. So um, that's that's the other service of Bob's Out of Cafe. So, so your name's Dan. So where did Bob come from? Bob's the nickname of my daughter, Danielle, uh, my youngest daughter, who's kind of the car girl. And she uh, wouldn't say her name. And long story, very short, uh, after time with her at two years of age, she kept calling herself me. Finally, I told her, that's it. Your name's Bob. And she took that name on herself and basically said, my name's Bob and introduced herself for six to nine months as Bob. And people thought we were cruel, but that stuck. So I've kind of named that after her. That's very cool. I, I figure people are, are, are still thinking through that right now. Uh, so can you walk us through kind of uh, the two sides, if you will, of Bob's Auto Cafe? So it's a, so you've got this kingdom business and you have the people who you employ, but you have the people that are customers or the people that you serve. How, how could you um, articulate for us the, the kingdom reflection or how Jesus shows up in, in that scenario, like between the, how you employ people and also how the people are chosen or you advertise to the people who need the vehicles? First off, I, I want to say that I, I believe that kingdom business is uh, acquirable by all of us. So we've talked before and, and basically it, it, it doesn't take anything to be a Christian in the, in the workplace. So being that light to people that walk in the door, whomever they might be, is an opportunity given to us day in and day out. So Joe comes through the door, Sally comes through the door. It, it's how we, we first off invoke our Christendom on them. How do we do that? Well, we do it with a smile and, and greeting them and, and try to be accommodating the best we can. Like any, hopefully any business would, but then it goes deeper than that. We, we talk to them a little bit and at times we find openings that we can talk to them about their life and uh, we offer to pray for them. Uh, we will offer to uh, do things that I, I would think a normal shop might not do. Um, so that that's that aspect of it. In the, in the intern part of things, we um, ideally, and I say ideally because we skip and miss sometimes, and I, I, I don't like that, but um, I don't run the shop anymore. I'm just the founder, and I'm trying to expound, uh, expand our, our operation, but we sometimes miss our, our daily time in the morning where we just have a meeting with all the guys, and uh, we go through a book from uh, Billy Graham and just a scriptural truths, one-page thing, talk about that a little bit, start our day with prayer, and then we move on. Um, you know, it's like, it's, it's cleaning up shop talk. Uh, there's, we don't hire Christians. We hire anybody and I don't care who you are, what your background is. Um, our staff are Christian, our main staff are, our board are Christian. Um, but we will hire anybody because we want to train them. And if shop talk starts getting sideways, we, 
you know, I'll walk out and say, Hey guys, we're not going to talk like this. We don't, we don't do that. Um, so we're trying to reflect Christ values, Christian values into people um, and witness to them at the same time. Hey, what would be a better way to do this? What would be a better way to do that? Or stop in the middle of the day. I even was my operations manager the other day stopped and um, actually we got interrupted. I couldn't, but I wanted, he needed some prayer and I was going to stop and pray with him, but the phone rang and he went off and I had to go to a meeting. And, you know, so I said, Lord, take care of the man, you know? So um, in my, in my life all day long, I'm always convicted by um, is my life directed towards God? Um, You know, people look at me on the outside and they go, Oh man, what a great guy. But inside I know my heart and I know that I still need that daily and constant hourly and minute by minute time with the Lord. So trying to direct that and, and infuse that into the people in the shop is, is, uh, it's a challenge, but that's what we want to do. So Dan, I, I heard something very interesting in that. I heard uh, scripturally Jesus meeting people where they are, uh, not, not asking them to clean up first, but meeting them there. And then after he shows them how to truly be human, he says, go and sin no more. Hmm. Um, it kind of sounds like that's what you just said. You're, you're, you're meeting people, you said we don't hire Christians, but you mean we hire human beings that are broken just like we are. Uh, and then you model a way that shows them or invites them to a different way to live, right? Yeah, ideally. I mean, it's it's uh, it's ultimately up to the Holy Spirit to change the life, right? Uh, we can't do that. All we can do is present the gospel, and that's what we try to do in day in, day out in our lifestyle. Um, it's it's humbling. It's hard. It's difficult. I mean, we want to, ideally, we want to bring anybody and everybody in that is receptive to the Lord and that anybody that we would be in contact with would understand what we stand for. But I mean, like, it's all, kind of, it's crazy walks of life that walk through our door. Um, the, the difficulty is trying to hire the proper people for the job. So being an automotive technician is not a uh, soft skill set. It's, it takes some, some brain power and electrical stuff that's going on in cars today is out of control. And so you got to know how to use the scanner and all that stuff. And I know how to use the scanner a little bit, but I'm not the guy. And I can read your codes and tell you what's going on like any auto parts store can, but I'm not going to go any deeper. So we need to hire people that are trainable. And it's difficult because we, we have been trying to go after the ex-con, the, the ex-military guy the guy off the street. And occasionally we've had some success with that, but more than not, we've had lack of success. It's difficult to get that individual to focus on, on the task. So a Bob's on a cafe might not be the ideal operation for bringing somebody off the street. Maybe a diner training facility, uh, as we've talked about in the past would be, or maybe somebody who's doing, you know, I, I, I don't know, just any kind of this, soft skill set, but automotive technicians are, are difficult to find and, and to groom for sure. Well, now you reminded me of something else I've heard you say. I think this is a Dan Lacey quote, uh, helping people is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I penned that one a few years back and, and um, it's, it's just not easy because there's so many, there's so many variables in somebody's life. There's uh, there's addictions that I never knew existed. Um, I'm going to sound naive maybe here, but there's video game addictions. I never knew about that. I mean, I know it, you know, when I was younger, I, I could spend time on Pong. <laughs> Remember Pong, the little 
paddles. Yeah, that black and white video game. And, and you could spend a little bit too much time on that. But the video game addictions I'm hearing these days go till wee hours in the morning and somebody can't even get up and get out of bed to get to work. So it's, it's uh, finding the right person to come into the job and somebody that's going to be trainable. And, and again, we're not opposed to anybody. We're just trying to find somebody that's going to be willing to soak that knowledge in and be able to show up. So do you have somebody in mind you can share with us on the technician side that, um, well, I guess for lack of better vocabulary, had a, a clarity moment or the opportunity that Bob's Auto Cafe extended to them, allowed them to kind of reassess their life and see that there's a different way of, of being? I think the, we've got an intern in there right now. His name is Daniel, actually. And he came to us through a high school program about a year and a half ago. And he had bounced around through other, they, they had a job skill set where deal where the students would go out to different organizations, different businesses and work for a month. Uh, a couple hours a week, you know, four days a week. Um, Daniel came in and he was bebopping around and working. He seemed to be a really hard worker. We gave him some direction, <clears throat> helped him get some skill sets honed. And he went to another shop that I knew that they liked him as well and some things there. But ultimately he came back to us through his program and said, I want to work here. And I asked the question, why? He says, well, because you guys pay attention to what I'm doing. You, you're mindful of, you know, the work that I'm doing. So I, I took that to heart and thought, okay, maybe we are different. Maybe we are showing some difference in our, in our attitude or our, our direction. Um, maybe our Christian is starting to wear off a little bit. Um, we have now hired him full time. So hmm. he's working with us um, while he's finishing up high school online but otherwise he's full-time with us and is a great asset. Is, I mean, he, he changed two engines and two vehicles in this first month working for us as an intern. This guy's bright uh, and he can get it done. He's got a little chip on his shoulder. I'm trying to get that off him, but. Um, Don't we all yeah. just a little bit? Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, mine's, mine's up there, um, but otherwise it, he's a good kid. So how about uh, then on the customer side? Like, I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there's a story in there somewhere of the kind of, you know, here's what a, here's what a normal automotive shop would do in this situation. Here's what Bob's Auto Cafe does because it's a reflection of the kingdom more than it's a reflection of the world. And I'm thinking like, you know, that irate customer that's upset about something or someone makes a mistake or, or whatever, whatever it is that the world would say, well, you have the absolute ability to go maximum penalty on that or, 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 you know, embarrassing somebody or, or, or whatever you do. And you choose instead to act like the Sermon on the Mount instead of acting like the world. And, and has that happened from a technician side or has it happened more from a customer side or, or has it happened? Well, internally, we've, we've broken stuff that we shouldn't have broken and we fix it and we pay for it. It's not the customer's fault. It's our fault. Um, there's times when things break going into a job because the vehicle is so old and not been taken care of. And we, we try to explain things to the customer. I mean, we've had, I love reviews. Uh, we've had one bad review and the bad review was because of lack of communication. Somebody didn't communicate for with us. And ironically in the review, they mentioned how much they paid for some repairs at another shop and they got 
they got pillaged badly. Mm. Um, and we would have probably done it for free had they contacted us. Long story short, um, on the on the customer side, uh, people see things that we do. <clears throat> Excuse me. People see things that we do, and they understand that we make a difference. I think in the in the way we present things. Um, that wasn't very clear. We had a church bring a, a woman to us that had a transmission problem. It was a five to six thousand dollar fix. Long story short, there was a situation that came by. We, we told them we'd take it on and find out what was going on. Um, this was a dealership that said the transmission needed to be fixed. We had my intern was bringing the car into the lift. We were going to check it out some more times. We spent about probably three hours of diagnostics time on trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, he hit the brakes. I could tell he was slowing down. The brake lights weren't on. And I looked at my director of operations, who was very new at the time, and I said, look, at, this is something we won't allow. If a car comes in here without brake lights on, we are going to fix that. I don't care if they pay for it or not. It's going to get fixed. It's a safety issue. And he hit me in the chest because the brake lights were out. And he says, the brake lights are out. Slam me in the chest. And I go, wait, I know the brake lights are out. He goes, yeah, boom, the brake lights are out. I said, what? And he showed me on Google. And Google can be your friend, by the way. It can be your worst enemy or YouTube as well, especially. But he showed me this little form he found that, said that if the reverse lights go out in this Nissan Versa, that potentially the CBT transmission could go into limp mode and it wouldn't be able to go any further. And that's what was happening. The transmission was going to limp mode at 55 miles an hour. And you don't want to be that person on the freeway when that happens. Um, we replaced the brake lights and the, all the Christmas tree lights on the dash went out and the car worked. So um, for them, it was a $350 bill instead of a, four to $6,000 bill. She's still driving the car. Um, and so paying attention, I think to a customer that has a need and not trying to just sell them something is something that people see we do. We don't just replace parts. We fix cars and Lord willing, we fix people on a, I mentioned earlier, we do benevolent work as well. And on a benevolent side of things that I think a, a shop, normal shop probably wouldn't do so we had a, a woman that was referred to us by an organization called love inc and that car came into our our shop at 10 o'clock instead of eight o'clock um so she was already late she had mentioned that uh the front brakes needed to be replaced and i said okay that's great but we have to evaluate this come to find out in the process that and this is later in the day the brake switch was out so the brake lights weren't working on that um she had a cut fuel line bad caliper, some other things. So this, this $350 benevolent job ended up going to $735, our cost, just raw cost. Um, but the, the, the crux of the, this whole conversation happened at 10 o'clock when she dropped off the car. And I said to her, I said, you know, we probably won't be able to get this done today because we just don't know what we're dealing with. And she says, no, you don't understand. We have to get this done today. I need the truck back. And I said, no, you don't understand. <laughs> I don't know if we can get this done. And she says, no, you don't understand. I live in the truck. Oh. So all of a sudden, the gears changed direction, and we realized that we got a problem. And we ended up working late, getting the truck done, delivering it outside. She picked it up, and we've never heard from her again. Um, I assume everything went well. But um, 
that's part of what we do. It's part of what Bob's is all about is taking some of our profits that we make from that service work and sold cars, putting it back in the system and giving it back to people that need help. Yeah, you, you remind me of a local story uh, at one of our tire shops. And, uh, you know, the tire shop is just a regular tire shop to everybody who would know. But I, I kind of know from doing a lot of work there, you know, taking my wheels and tires there to be balanced and whatnot. There was a lady who came in uh, like hmm, four, four or five months pregnant and needed air added to her tires. And when they, because they'll add air for free. And when they checked her tires, they said, ma'am, your, your back tires are like beyond dangerous. They need to be replaced. And she said, I, I don't, she was a single, single mother. She goes, I don't have the money to buy tires. And they said, we cannot let you leave this facility on tires like that. It's part of our policy. And they put two brand new tires on her car. Now I'm sure they were the budget brand, you know, they weren't going to be the the BFGs or the Michelins that, you know, you and I are accustomed to racing on, but, but none, nonetheless, they put two new tires on her car and sent her on her way free of charge. And I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to start doing more business with that company because I know when I go in there and pay the bill, they tell me it's helping other people like her that they help with the money they make from people like me. So I hear that in what you're saying too. And I guess for people here that are watching this episode, the real reason besides you being my friend and being my Christian brother and somebody that for any excuse I can talk to, I want to, I'm wondering if you had a, a pitch, a 30 second elevator pitch, if you will, to someone watching this, who's going a light bulb's coming on and they're saying, Hey, you know what? My vocation, dentistry, CPA, uh, you know, what, whatever it is, um, house cleaning, what, whatever, what, how could I do something similar? Or maybe there's somebody out there sitting there thinking about starting something that they want to do. What would you tell people are the pros and cons, I guess, or the reality of what you're doing? And would you suggest, um, their next step? It's hard. <clears throat> it's hard. It's, um, you'll be exhausted. It's rewarding. Hmm. Um, in starting something like this, know your resources, know the people around you. Uh, one of the things that I've been able to tap into is the motorsports industry. And, and for, you know, 18 years, I ran around with all of you guys and, and I never asked for anything. I mean, I, I, yeah, I got handed a hat once in a while ago, or that's a cool t-shirt. Somebody throw one at me. And, and but I, I never asked for anything. I didn't want anything. I wanted to just give my life and pour my life into you guys. Um, but then it was time to tap in. It was time to say, Hey, this is what we're doing with Bob's out of cafe. Can you help? And the, the support was overwhelming. And I didn't even tap into probably more than 2% of who I knew, but it was, it's, it's know your resources, know who you can tap into, know that people want to help. They don't know how to help. It's like the, it's like Gideon. Gideon grabbed a bunch of people around him and God said, no, that's too many. And then he grabbed more, you know, he said, no, that's too many now. And he narrowed down to what, 300 men. And they, they routed the, the Edomites or whoever it was. And, and they went off. If you notice in that story, read on, the Edomites or whatever went out into the countryside and where did they go? 
they went to those villages, they went to those towns, they went to those areas where all those other people had come from that God did not keep at the site of the battle. And they came out from those towns and villages and they routed the army that was trying to escape and totally desecrated them. So God said, I don't want to use you today here with Gideon, but I am going to use you out there in a different area. Mm-hmm. So you might not know where God is calling you to be. Um, and the people around you that you're asking for might not know who, how to serve you or how to serve God and help you. But now's your time to tap into those people and to say, help me with this venture. Help, you know, you, can you bake, bake cookies for this? Can you help organize this? Can you help do this? I need some support here. Can you drive this person there? It's these things, this networking of individuals that will help you be successful. No Mm -hmm. man can do one huge task by himself. A race car driver has a team behind him. Um, Use them. Use them. Not for a user type mentality, but for God's kingdom. Because they want to be used. They want to be purposeful. Well, that, that's powerful. Uh, they want to be used. They want to be pers- perf- uh, purposeful and they want to be part of the kingdom. And that, when I think of Bob's Auto Cafe or I go to bobsautocafe.com, that's what I take away. I mean, I, I know there's tons of places that will fix cars. I know there's tons of places that will, for, for lack of better description, will put together a quality used car for someone to buy. But what I see with Bob's Auto Cafe and the reason that I'm hoping our listeners out there and our viewers that might be contemplating something similar is what you just said. It's a, it's a kingdom reflection and it's being Christ the best we can through our vocations, through our, through our worldly efforts that cause people to say, well, at first they might not know that Bob's buying a car from Bob's is not any different than buying a car from you know, CarMax or whoever, until they see that Bob's is different and that they're treated differently. I've heard you talk about, for example, the transparency and just the honesty with people that are coming and looking at the cars and that you won't let a car leave your your lot, uh, if that's the right term. You will not provide someone a car that you know that Dan wouldn't want to drive either because it's not safe or because, um, it, it, it's overpriced for the condition it's in or, or what have you. And, you know, let's face it, there's a lot of businesses in the world that as long as they get the money from the person, they don't really care. Right. And in our, in our day, I think a lot of places, even beyond that, they might have insurance or some sort of warranty so they don't have to care. They can just sell you a piece of junk and then know that the warranty, if it really does break down, will cover their side of the of the agreement right but they're not really loving and taking care of the customer and you're you're making a big statement on you're treating everybody as if they're jesus you're you're treating those customers as if it's our lord himself that's needing a used car yeah we, we go through the car and make sure it's mechanically sound and safe and i can can tell you that i'm kind of the test dummy and i'll go out and drive the cars and and there's a loop that i use and uh, quite frankly, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I accelerate pretty hard and fast and get up to some speeds that nobody else would get up to in this vehicle. But I want to make sure it's going to be okay. 
and I want to make sure that it's going to be sound. And then I, I back off that real quick. But the point is, I want to make sure that, you know, things are shaken down. I, I come back with lights on. So that's what I do um, to say this is not working right and this is and so forth. Um, but yeah, it's important that we, we take care of the customer. And, and for the first year of ownership of a car that they buy from us, we basically stand behind that car for the year and, and you know, parts are at cost and reduced labor costs. And we want to make sure that we've sold a reliable vehicle for somebody. So, yeah. Well, I sure do appreciate it, brother. Is there anything in closing you would like to present to those who are watching? You know, um, real good, easy way to get hold of me is at BAC radio at bobsautocafe.com. I got a small radio show I do. Uh, again, BAC radio at bobsautocafe.com. If they have any questions, um, love to help anybody out with an idea of this nature with Bob's Auto Cafe and get some more information. They can also check us out at bobsautocafe.com. Uh, but more importantly, I'm available for anybody that's just trying to find a niche for kingdom work that they believe they can expand the kingdom with. Um, there's, there's so many different ideas and good ones out there. And even somebody replicating what we do is not a, um, without any inference to us, it's not a sleight of hand. It's, it's a, it's kingdom work. That's the goal. It's all for God's glory. And, uh, that's why I've done this is not for me. It's for him. So. Awesome. Well, hey, if you don't mind, let's pray to close this episode. Father, thank you so much for bringing Dan Lacey into my life uh, and intertwining our stories. It's been years of enjoyed friendship and the things you've allowed the two of us to do all across uh, this great country that you've also blessed us with. But I just, at this time, um, all those things we've done and those and the way the relationship knitted together to, to bring us to this conversation and to have Dan in likeness on what he's doing through Bob's Auto Cafe to, as he said, glorify you and to show people that there's a, a better way. There's a, there's a invitation to a life that is not found in the everyday average uh, world. And I just ask you to continue to bless Bob's Auto Cafe and to bless Dan and to give him the patience for, as he said, it's it's hard to help people, uh, to have him continue to to rely on the Holy Spirit and to represent uh, Christ the best that Dan can, and for the business to be successful, uh, so that Dan can make that his his full-time vocation, but but most importantly, to be successful for the kingdom, so that people see um, the services and the the jobs that Dan provides to people and the cars and trucks that, that the customers get as an extension of the kingdom and not just the regular reflection of what they see everywhere else. Um, again, I just, I thank you for Dan. I thank you for his willingness to come on here and share his story with the others. And for anybody out there that is hearing uh, a prompting or a nudging from the Holy Spirit to do something similar, uh, ask that you give them the courage to reach out to me or to Dan or to check out bobsautocafe.com and to pursue anything that extends the kingdom uh, through the vocation that they have. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. 